You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Oh, geez, I just had flashbacks to uh, the bear. Yeah. One, two, three. How many times did we say that? Oh, oh picking gosh. it up. Yeah, like a million. I don't know if I'll ever hear that again without twitching. You know what else I heard a lot that day that I don't know if I ever want to hear again just because of how many times we heard it? It'll be about an hour and a half until <laughs> we can get to you. <laughs> I told them, I said, listen, Derek is like as cool a cucumber as I know. And he was getting chippy, like just a little bit. And you even apologized for it later. You're like, man, I, I – uh, or you said something to them about it. It's yeah. like we were just cold and lost and tired. No idea what was going on <laughs> or what we were doing. Yeah. 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 I yeah, formally that. want to apologize to Wesley right now if he's listening to yeah. this. <laughs> I don't think Wesley's the kind of guy that cares. No. Uh, we, so we just jumped into like mid-story on this thing. Well, and I was going to say this is how – as far as before we film these podcasts, this is kind of how every hunting story goes is we know someone's going hunting before they go, and then we don't hear about anything. And if In my case, it's always, I didn't kill anything in the evening, and I'll, that'll be my update. Or it'll be- Dan has the, the same, same gif. <laughs> every time, sad yeah. guy walking. Uh, but usually it's like animal down, a quick picture, and a Slack thread or a text thread. Yeah, yeah. And then we don't hear anything for... <laughs> so I did tell these guys a little bit of it yesterday. Yeah. Uh, they know the gist of the front end of the story, but I didn't really get into the like whole pack out and yeah. how hard that situation was. Like well, I told them how crazy it was. But yeah, and kind of, you know, just recap, how, how did you land into this hunt? Because you get a lot of hunt opportunities. I do. And I don't mean... I, that sounds like really douchey to say. But, I mean, Go Wild members are awesome. Yeah. I get invited, like, once a week I get invited to something I've never done before. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> I mean, people invite – I've been invited to hunt all over the freaking world through Go Wild. And, again, I know I sound douchey right now, but I usually don't do it. Like, it's usually, like, I can't because somebody, you know, just like the business meeting I just came out of, like, somebody's kind of got to keep the wheels greased here. Yeah. And I don't get to take advantage of a lot of this stuff. And I finally – this one came up with our podcast partner – uh, houndsman xp chris powell and heath hyatt these guys invited us down and um since i started go wild when i started listening to cody rich on the rich outdoors actually he's one of the first people i texted um a picture of the bear to maybe even before you guys and i said man this all started with you like of me wanting to do this and i know this is different than how you did it but bucket list thing for me i finally checked off uh, a thing i wanted to do which was hunt a black bear and I actually had hunted a black bear once on the Kentucky quota. Miserable hunt. If you've ever heard me joke about how Blake sounds like he's going through the woods dragging a mattress, that was the black bear hunt <laughs> I did with him. Uh, and if Blake's listening to this, you fully deserve every bit of uh, ridicule. Like, it was a horrible day. <laughs> this was very different. Um, same mountain region, actually. Appalachian Mountains, just three hours uh, northeast. So this came up. And Braden was like, who wants to go? And I'm like, I really want to go. Like, I, I knew. I knew. I talked to Heath and Chris. I knew they were legit. Um, I knew this would be a great opportunity to see two things I'd never done well, at least because I'd done the black bear thing, but it was kind of a joke. Um, but I'd never seen hounds work on that kind of hunt. Uh, I'd been around bird dogs, but I knew this was going to be quite a bit different. And it just had, like, all my curiosities peaked. And I think we kind of passed the hat around on who else wanted to go. I knew you would be interested because you're mm-hmm. always interested. Um, and, you know, I think Braden really wanted to go, but Braden's kind of maxed out on a couple trips here recently. So, so it kind of came up just naturally that me and Derek were going to go do this hunt. And so even coming into it, uh, it was becoming apparent that Derek and I, while I would say 
have both have hunted a, a lot for like certain types of hunts. Derek's done a lot more Western. I think it became, even with our diverse, ex, like the experience among us, we kind of realized we have no idea what to pack for. Mm-hmm. And multiple times I was talking to Derek, who I honestly just assumed would know because Derek has all this, you know, theoretical knowledge because he just listens to the podcast nonstop. But not real it, knowledge, just no, theoretical. Just theoretical. No, arm, armchair. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way. Like I could tell you more about elk hunting because I've listened to so many elk hunting podcasts than I could have about this type of black. I just hadn't. I had yeah. no idea. And I think you were in the same boat, uh, right? No, I mean I had like kind of a. I don't know. I feel like I probably had the same understanding of how hunting as most people. It's just like, okay, <laughs> dogs are going to go chase bears and we're going to go find the dogs and there's going to be a bear there. Yeah. And really the big question is how much are you going to have to walk? Really? Well, and, and even that wasn't clear because yeah. Chris even talked about yeah. riding around in the truck. There's kind of two scenarios that play out and we actually got to taste and we both. got to experience both sides of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but I brought, I mean, like laughably stupid gear, not, not only, but like looking back, I had rubber boots just as a backup. I could, I would have worn wet boots than to wear those rubber boots because there's just no way. Like you can't hoof the amount of miles. I went back and looked. We did uh, seven miles yeah, on the day next two. day. Yep. On day two, and we were in the truck most of the day. Like it's just like so much more walking. We did eleven miles the first day, seven miles the next day, and I would not do. And those numbers are especially day one. It's like eleven miles. Okay, that's quite a bit. But then you also <laughs> have to keep into account the elevation gain and loss that yeah. we did. We are hunting in the Appalachian Mountains, okay? Yeah. This yeah. is not, you know, flat and, farmland. And there is a dead bear very quickly in that story, which they said it was, like, insane that we got one that fast. Uh, but keep in mind that a good portion of that was lugging a bear, like, yeah. hard miles. Um, <clears throat> so just coming into it alone, I think the gear – because Derek – well, the pack situation. Why don't you explain that? Yeah, like, yeah. the whole – because you and I came into – we got there and talked to the guys, and then you and I came to different conclusions on what we were going to do for the first day. We both learned that we were both wrong. Like yeah. it's like there was yeah. no good choice. <laughs> yeah, no, we. Uh, I just had my you know Badlands Diablo pack. It's my pack that I run for pretty much anything here in the East, as far as like whitetail hunting stuff like that. Uh, it's not a pack I'm going to take out west, but I had that, um, and then I had my Marlin thirty thirty deer hunting rifle that I use here, and that was another thing. The night before, we're talking, and they're like these guys are talking about how a lot of times if they're going to take a bear like they use a pistol which like makes total sense now like a 357 or 44 or something like that um makes total sense now after experiencing it but they were like yeah marlin 3030 it's a good rifle a lot of people here use that it's a short you know shorter rifle it's easier to get around in the woods well that diablo has kind of like a rifle scabbard on the back and i had it back there and then in my pack i didn't really have a whole lot um some snacks water bottle um, some knives, um, really honestly, and then I had my cell phone charger bank thing, which came into use later. Um, and you could probably carry all that in something much smaller, which looking back on now, I wish I had done because we'll get to it. But when we're busting through this brush, getting to where these dogs are, I don't know. I was in the middle of the pack when we first started going down the hill. And by the time we got down there, I was in way in the back of the pack. Not because I couldn't keep up, like physically. Going downhill. Going downhill. But because, you know, at points we are army crawling under all this stuff. And my pack is getting caught on everything. And yeah, so, so that I, held me up for a while. But but the night before, see, Chris Chris packs more like Derek. Chris, Chris Powell packs a larger pack. Mm-hmm. Heath, adamant minimalist yeah. adamant like everything we were talking about he's like you don't want to do that <laughs> yeah and uh, to the Heath point has a chest rig that's it that's yeah. all he has yeah dude yeah. like to the point where i scaled down my game plan because Heath kind of freaked me out of like what i should be taking so in my head this is so like i was so unaware of how remote we were going to get i left a lot of stuff in the truck thinking it'd be like deer hunting like mm-hmm. oh well once we get a bear down we'll kind of regroup we'll, we'll be able to get back in here so stupid don't ever like lesson one out of this type of bear hunting Everything you're going to need for the day needs to be in your pack. So these guys are just really good at not needing a lot. I'm needy. So, I needed. So Derek made a mistake bringing a pack. Yes. You made a mistake not bringing That's what I'm saying. Pack. We don't know yeah. what the right answer is. <laughs> uh, really, the right answer is closer to Derek's pack. That's what Chris runs. Derek runs a bigger – or Chris runs a bigger pack, but he has the pistol. Derek's problem was the gun, not, yeah. the, not the overall pack. Yeah, the pack in and of itself wasn't too terrible. He could have gotten through that stuff with, with the pack because really a lot of times there's no clear path. You're just busting through – Frozen Laurel. That Diablo, you could, it's got the compression straps mm-hmm. on the side, and you can cinch it down. Yeah, yeah. I had it cinched yeah. down and everything. Yeah, but so, a yeah. rifle. But the yeah. rifle. Yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> I, I brought my 30-06, because I'm thinking, like, that could, capable of taking a bear down, and they're like, dude, 
you 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 can't get through this stuff. I just had no idea we were going to be in that kind of terrain. Chris yeah. and Heath both said to the rifle, they're like, no. Yeah, <laughs> they're like they're like you're going to destroy that gun. I'm like, well, I don't care about that. That's my beater gun. He's like, well, and you won't be able to get through. And he was dead on. So they gave me a thirty thirty um, with a red dot. And the other thing was the scope issue. Mm-hmm. I, Derek ended up not getting to sight a bear with his, but there was concern that even in certain scenarios, he may not be, be able to get far enough back. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. So we weren't prepared in that regard either. This is where the pistols all start yep. to play. Dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they were actually trying, like I was going to need a gun. They're like, we well, can do a pistol. I was like, dude, I'm not shooting. I, I, I can shoot a rifle. Like I'm not familiar with if you're telling me it's sighted in, but I'm not taking somebody else's pistol that I've never shot. I'm d- I'm just not as good with a pistol. I'm kind of like old Garrett, like, yeah. one, one of the guys, <laughs> one of the guys who was a hoot we were with. He was uh, joking about his dad's like, how many shots do you got in that gun? What do you say he had? Like, like six, I think. I think six, it was a revolver. Yeah, or something like yeah, that. six rounds. He, he's like his dad was making fun of him. He's like, well, that bear's safe. And then uh, Garrett was like, yeah, if he's more than ten yards, he's safe. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm like, that would be me, a hundred percent. So we 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 all group up. What was interesting is it was um you know the, you're deer hunting you kind of go in you have like one or two people going to a spot. There the first day we had six trucks I think. Yeah, first day when we first met up there at the top of the hill, I think you're right about like five or six trucks we had. Each one's got four or five dogs, yeah. maybe six. And then and I think you might be getting to this too, but like there's a whole other group of guys that we haven't even met yet that we're <laughs> hunting with that are like on the other side of this mountain range, yeah. basically. And like, miles and miles away. And they're in radio communications with them. And like we know they're out there, but see, what like, we're we saying, haven't met these guys yet. We, we don't know where they are, what they look like, anything. But what we're saying now makes this sound easy. They got radios, they got GPS. All this sounds like, oh, these guys are like coordinating in. They're just going to ambush this bear. Not at all how this stuff goes down, right? We we start out we we kind of meet up on top of this ridge and we're gonna go out and then drop down. We're on the AT, the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. The other guys went, I think, a faster drop, but they were gonna come in a different side. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're all dropping down into this creek bed, ravine, whatever you want to call it. Um, the and so we walked what mile and a half probably on the trail, but before we dropped, before the drop, maybe. I think I think we did four miles total before we were even. We went four miles before we dropped. Well, four miles before we were, we had a bear tree. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Apparently, I'm an idiot. So I want to say it was four. Really? I wasn't. Re- I didn't. I wasn't tracking it. So uh, it felt like it was. I guess it didn't feel like four to me. Uh, and I'm not bragging. Like I just maybe it was just because it was fun. Like the, you're just watching the dogs. But we went. Um, I guess that's probably right. We did two hours. That's about thirty minutes a mile. So that's probably right. Derek's probably closer to right than I am. Um, <laughs> which now explains even more of why we were effed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we, we get to a point though, and the dogs, they're watching them and these guys can tell the difference in when they're moving and not on something versus when they're uh, on something, even if they're not treed. Cause the GPS, the Garmin will tell you if the, the mm. dog's treed, but we were watching one dog and he's like, I think something's going on down there, but it doesn't seem right. Cause there were multiple dogs treeing in different locations. So he's like, it's either a sow with cubs or they're just being dumb. And a lot of times they'll make fun of the dogs. They're lovingly joking. It's kinda, hilarious. Yeah. They, they will just like rag rag on their dogs. <laughs> and then the second the dog's back, they're just like, oh, what's like, He's a good boy. Yeah, what's such you, a good boy. <laughs> where have you been? <laughs> what do you do with your hockey buddies? You sit there and chirp all day, but you're still cheers yeah, and beers there's, at the there's end of the some, game. I guess there's some similarities yeah. there. But this, this one dog, Kate, was just like not moving and he's sitting there yeah I mean, he we stopped for this is where the gear also comes into play you have to dress down below the, what you would normally wear because you're going to be moving and then when you get stopped you're wet because you've been busting through all this frozen stuff yeah we got ice everywhere up there i, I mean, mean we're at elevation up on this mountain there's ice everywhere because we came in like on the tail end of a bit of like a rain and ice storm that they had had um so yeah, I mean it's cold, it's wet, but then you're hiking and then you stop Sweating. for a while to watch these dogs, and now you're getting even colder. And these dude, these guys haul. Yeah, I mean, I I was not anticipating the pace at which they hike. I mean, they're probably doing through terrain like 16 minute mile uh, miles at the pace. Now we would obviously not do that per mile because they're stopping with the dogs. You're hitting brush at certain points, but like when when Heath was on. I mean, he's almost like I was taking long strides to try to keep up. I was joking that it's like Zach in the airport, right? It's like, <laughs> uh, so 
we shredded apparently four miles. I think that's probably roughly. Now, yeah, now, I, now that I'm, it was now that I'm thinking that. about it, because it was like two hours of hiking. Yeah, it didn't feel like that, but it, I guess that's about right. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the dog comes in below us, and and Heath is like, nah, "That's a bear. We're on a bear right now." And then all the other dogs, he they, they, well, so yeah, I want to talk a little about it. so. Kate, like you were talking about, she's down there and he's watching her on his handheld for his Garmin. And he, like Brad was saying, you know, he's like, she's doing something weird. I can't figure out what it is. She'll stop for a little while and the Garmin's will flag treat if the dog stops for a little while. I think they pull like every four seconds. I think Chris was telling us. And they can't us. move more than 30 feet. I yeah. Think. And so it, when, when the dog is stationary, it will mark his treat. So like Kate is showing treat. Well, then Spook, which was the other dog, was down there with her at first. But Spook had come back up the hill and was with us. And That's so right. Heath had Spook, and then some of the, like two of his other dogs also that he had just kept on a lead the whole time we had hiked in. And then we had another guy with us, Taylor, who had some younger dogs, and Taylor had his dogs on. And so Heath's watching, and he's saying that either Kate is in her own world doing her own thing, and she's in trouble when she gets back here, or she has a bear. And it's one or the other. Um, and then Heath also told us, he said, this is the problem with my dogs. He said, they're not vocal. Mm-hmm. They're just, they don't bark a lot. They're quiet, and it's hard to tell. Um, they, they talk, I learned, you know, some terminology there. Like, they, they rig, and when they rig, is like, it's a type of bark that they do. I'm probably butchering this to all the hounds guy out there, but... It's a, it's a kind of bark that they have that basically says, I'm on a bear. And and Heath was saying that, like, his dogs just don't rig. And so finally she starts making enough noise to where Heath is like, okay, I feel confident that she's on a bear. I think so, they let out one first, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, so he held Spook <coughs> up. Yeah. And, and that was really cool, too, just seeing how, like, well-trained these dogs are and how well they work with them and stuff like that. So he's holding up Spook kind of by the collar. And you can hear Kate, and Kate was, what, like 700 yards down? Mm-hmm. Like, just down the side of this mountain into this creek. And so he's holding Spook. Kate rigs a little bit. Spook kind of just locks on, knows exactly where he is. And, and Heath just lets go, and psh, Spook's down the mountain. And he's like, all right, if Spook gets down there and he starts making the a lot of noise. The other dogs, too, when they heard, they are like, it's go time. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and we waited a little bit, and Spook got down there looking on the handheld or whatever, same tree, and Spook's making a bunch of noise. So at that point, Heath cuts his other two dogs. They both are just locked straight down the hill right where they are. Taylor let uh, one or two of his I think more him. experienced dogs go, I think, right then and there. And then not too much later, he let yeah. the other two out. Um so do at they, this point, <clears throat> do they hold dogs back just to keep control so mm-hmm. that there's not like they multiple wait, dogs until until they know that there's a bear treed and, and, and Kate, the, Spook, and the other dogs were all at the same spots and they're rigging. The so, dogs are silent until they get on a bear, mm-hmm. so they would wait. And when they hear that, you know, they won't bark nonstop uh, if they're by themselves. Is kind of what I was learning, especially Heath's dogs. Yeah. So they would wait until they heard it, and then when they, the other dogs hear it, they let that dog go. And then they wait, they hear it again, let that dog go. And then you're getting a uh, – once they get a bear, there's there's another reason they're doing that too is to hold the bear. They need more dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, if it's just one dog, a bear will come down and run. So they're trying to get more around that bear so that we have time to get there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's essentially what happened at that point. Pretty much all the dogs were out. They were talking on the radio with – I can't remember if it was Garrett. Garrett. Yeah, it was Garrett's two dogs that Garrett's showed up. two dogs were down there by the time we got there. Um, and, and you know, they were, Garrett was also saying, like, yeah, my dogs are treed because he's looking at his GPS. Um, so, yeah, that, at that point they were down the hill. They were all just going crazy. We could hear them down there. And, and Heath looked at us real quick, and he goes, he goes well, guys, for, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Right before that he goes, we could go around, uh-huh. which was going to be another mile and a half to get even close on the trail or we could go through and Derek and I are like, yeah, man, let's just go through. Like, we're not scared. And he's like, it's rough. And we're like, no, it's fine. And he goes, I'm sorry. And they just left. Yeah. <laughs> it was like some foreshadowing. It he's was like, I'm sorry. And I was like, what are you sorry for? He's yeah. like, I'm sorry. So yeah. do they, do You'll they figure it out. hunt yeah. this area a lot? Do they know the Heath terrain? Heath grew up here and Heath knows this, 
this section, like the back of his hand. I know yeah. that's like a saying that people throw out all it's, the time. It's but the it's most I've ever seen anybody the know level of knowledge that he has for this section of land that he's been hunting his whole life to the point where he's looking on his Garmin, which isn't like Onyx. It doesn't show property lines, and he can see his dogs working, and he'll be like, "Oh yeah, they're up on Donnie's land right now." Just off the topography. Yeah, I mean, he and at times he'd be like, "Oh yeah, if you go 400 yards more, you're going to be up to Bill's house or something like that." Mm-hmm. Or so he, he would call his dad and be like, "Dad, they're down at your." place can you go get my dog spook and he's like yeah i got him like yeah. <laughs> it was nuts so you mentioned the other day like there's laws in place to prevent people from messing with the dogs while mm-hmm. they're out there but do you have to get permission or notify landowners on the peripheral not for retrieval of your no, dogs yeah virginia okay. has the right to retrieve law with dogs i know so huh. like if you got a dog held up on now, these property. guys do they generally try to be cool you yeah. know you don't want to just storm on but they were saying like it's kind of like if you tell me I can't come get my dog, we're gonna have a problem, kind okay. of thing. Yeah. And they're again, they're all super nice guys. I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody's there to start trouble, but they have legally the right to come in, and it's a felony to mess with the dogs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the landowner has very little rights in stopping it. Now yep. they can stop you from hunting. That's different. Yeah. Right. To retrieve no your hunting, dogs, but. but we were on state land, so, yeah. mm-hmm. and and I don't know how many acres of it. A lot. Uh, it was a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know for. Just uh, it, w- it wasn't my hunt, so I'm not going to get into location wise of where we were. I'll try not to do that yeah, to them. But yeah. <clears throat> we, um, it was very impressive. But yeah, dude, we start busting down through that stuff. Maybe what 200 yards wasn't a big not bad. bad at all. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is easy. It's open. Yeah, and I'm yeah. still sitting here thinking, I'm like, these guys think we're a bunch of wimps. And then I was questioning if I was a wimp in like 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, it, you mentioned it looked like jungle. When we started rolling through, there's like all the different vines and, and really the laurel and, and the rhododendron were the worst yeah. of it, man. And I mean, everything's it, still caked in ice too, which is just a whole, yeah, you haven't variable. talked about that a lot, but it was freezing cold ice. Yeah. Quarter inch to even half an inch on some of the upper trees. I mean, and that stuff, when it started melting is hitting us in, in the, the head. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't sound bad, but I mean, this is like huge chunks of ice falling down and we're getting pelted. So yeah, it looked like a primordial, like it looked like, like, <laughs> Something out Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park yeah. If you had a machete, you wouldn't have been able to cut through those rhododendron vines. No, I, no. Uh, there. So, so w- takes us probably twenty minutes of the down, and then we hit creek, and then ten minutes along the creek, mm-hmm. and you start hearing the dogs a lot sooner than you think you would. That adrenaline gets pumping yeah. at that point. Too. Well, and these guys too, when they know there's a bear, they there's another gear that they found that was just like overdrive, uh, unbelievable. I mean, and and they are. They're all lightweight gear, you know, small pack pistol guys, and they're just flying through this stuff in ways that uh, Derek definitely could. Like, like yeah, Derek, I was Derek stuck way stuck. in the back. <laughs> I'm at like one point, like uh, it's like a movie. I'm just like stuck in these trees with stuff all around. You guys know in Toy Story. You know in Toy Story when Buzz gets stuck with the rocket. Yeah. That's Derek, <laughs> like the entire time. He's like, "Go on, leave me." <laughs> yeah, at one point I was by myself. Everyone's gone, and I'm like, "Well, I can hear the dogs, so yeah. you know, I know which direction to go." Yeah, I'll get there eventually. So Taylor and I get there first. Mm-hmm. And we walk in, and uh, that that part, I'm like, this is what I expected of, like, seeing dogs at tree, bear tw- tw- what, 25 feet up, maybe? 25, 30-ish, yeah. yeah. Um, but then, like, the new things I hadn't anticipated, we talked about shot placement. Mm-hmm. And I researched shot placement, and I thought a lot about it, trying to make sure I make a good shot on an animal. A bear is like a blob of Play-Doh, mm-hmm. and, and you they can mold or they do mold when they sit differently that those vitals are just in places I wasn't expecting. And so I'm sitting there looking at this thing and I, I'm also, you guys saw in the video, I, my shooting window was very small. Well, of, yeah. Of, I mean, something very different from deer <clears throat> hunting. So You're different. waiting until it's broadside and you have a clear shot, Dude, oh, not I, something wrapped around a even tree. Even on broadside, I could shoot a deer from any side and know where the vitals are. Yeah. Very good understanding. But he, he said it best. It's like when you're looking at it, especially at 830 in the morning under tree canopy, it's very dark, like for, for, to be able to see, you can't see limbs, which are your identifiers for where to shoot. Right. So we even talked about middle of middle, middle of middle is, is nothing. There's like no definition of middle of middle when you can't see the legs. I had this problem even going to my Colorado hunt, completely different style hunt and listening to podcasts, reading articles, YouTube videos, all kinds of stuff. You know, and Brad mentioned it, middle of the middle is kind of the, the rule of thumb for bear. And even like a bear on the ground, kind of broadside, it's hard to tell because bear will stand in weird positions. And he that was, he was kind realize. of wrapped around this tree. And now that I've seen the video of it, I, I can understand what plays out 
I'll tell the story and you guys have seen it now too. Uh, it made me feel a lot better of how it went down. Cause I want to say I was kind of beating myself up at first. Cause I, I took four shots at this bear. Um, first one I was aiming middle, middle, but he was kind of wrapped. And as you saw before he moved on that first shot, I hit him, but it was back gut shot. And <clears throat> so is this with your 30 out six? No, I didn't take that 30, 30 with the red dot. Use. Yeah. Um, gotcha. and I hit, I was, I do this thing, man. I got to get over this of like airing on the side of not, I don't, I didn't want to ruin all the hams. <laughs> so I'm like trying to make sure I do middle, middle and get lungs but I should have just gone straight middle the way he was sitting and hit that shoulder. I should have just shot shoulder. I aimed too far back and rookie with the vitals on a bear, and I, I hit gut shot. He tells me to shoot again. You saw in the video, I rack, shoot again, and he was moving. And at that point, I hit him every time. You can see, like, the shot, and then he jumps. Uh, but then on that last shot, I thought he jumped, but actually now that I see it again today, mm -hmm. I took his leg out from under him cause he was going up the tree and we were afraid he was going to jump. And we had at that point, God knows how many, I mean, we had what, 10 dogs below at and, least 10 and, dogs and below. four people. So there's like, there's a safety thing going on here too. Um, so he came down and was on top of dogs for a second. And then basically we were all, <laughs> I didn't realize how close we were to the creek. Yeah, we were right next to this drop this, into the creek, and it's probably a 15-foot drop, 10 to 15-foot yeah. drop from yeah. that tree oh, right down to the creek. Oh, it's at least 12. It was more, double my height yeah. um, to get up. So the the bear just disappears. And I'm I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, I, I'm looking around. Cause the, and in between me and the bear was Heath, and then there was the other dogs. And I look over at Derek, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what just happened? <laughs> this was the craziest one minute of my hunting existence. And I, I'm, like, just kind of putting myself together. But the, the chaos, like deer hunting, it's like, and there's, yeah, nothing, right? That doesn't happen with bear hunt. Like, there's just chaos. There's shouting. There's, like, dogs barking. Dogs well, in the going video, crazy. And the video kind of uh cut off but the dogs just keep on going crazy the dogs the, the dogs the don't know the, that the bears i mean they're all they, yeah. they, they go down they they run they're in the water before we can even i can even find i come up to find the bear i'm looking for it and Derek goes he's pointing down and i look down and there it is with like three dogs biting on its hide and then we're taking the trophy picture with the, the animal and the dogs are like, ah, you know, they don't lay off, man. Yeah. Like they, they're going to town on this thing. That's so, what I'm told to get. And I'm still here to get it. Yep. So, <laughs> so if this was a whitetail podcast, we'd be done. Right. And be like, yeah. And then I went home and cooked the backstrap. This is like the start of the story. Okay. <laughs> this is what? 845. It, it was 845 that we were in the water dragging this bear to the other side of the Creek. And this is also coming back to why I was under prepared with my boot situation. I had, I have just some uh, more affordable Under Armour boots that I'll use if I'm going to hike. Like like when I go home and hunt the Appalachians, I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to do four miles maybe, and I'll wear those. They're more comfortable. They're not high. Like Derek's boots were a little bit higher, but these guys are wearing like $700 boots, mm -hmm. and they're completely waterproof. They're really comfortable and warm. And <laughs> I'm looking at that creek, and I know it's 34, 36 degrees, and I'm like, this is not good. I'm getting ready to get soaked and have to walk back out of here. This is going to suck. So we're standing in the creek. We have to drag this bear across. We do the picture thing. And then these guys, the dogs are everywhere. They tried to uh, tie some of them to trees, but they're like, this is what it's going to be. They won't shut off. We have to get them out of here to be able to do anything properly. Taylor's last words to us, don't worry. We'll be back for you. We're not going to let you pack this thing out of here by yourselves. I'm like, cool. Like and, we, and kind of the game plan also. And I'm not picking on Taylor. Like He was a great guy. Oh, yeah. he, I, he fully intended to come back, by the way. And yeah, also, he and did, also but by <laughs> packing out. <laughs> we, we did see also by packing we out. Did see they that said, that. you're not packing it out, right? They Well, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Well, I, yeah, well, we can hit it now. We'll touch on it now. I think I think now's probably the better time to do it. So first off, we, we drugged the bear to the other side of the creek only because the other side of the creek had a flat area that we could actually work on. Because like I said, where we are is, is an immediate drop-off. And despite what people call me on TikTok, there was no picking up this 200-pound deer. I got made fun of hard. Oh, worse really? than Braden the other day. Cause really? Because I, I was trying to explain to people like an easy way to not bust your back on uh loading a deer and they oh that video i got called a lot of names yeah yeah yeah. well they called welcome me some names talk. on my bear yeah. video too yeah. but welcome to tim talk That's yeah right. <laughs> tim uh, talk <laughs> <laughs> so the there was no like 
I mean, maybe with four of us, we could have like roped that thing, and uh, I, that I don't even would have been. That would have been. Really I mean, we're difficult. talking like to the top of a basketball goal high, mm-hmm. right? I just don't think it would have happened. But so we drug it to the other side because we had some flat land on the other side to work with, and that's where we we gutted the bear there, did all that, and, and we kind of came up with the game plan there, and and it got a little confusing there. Um, because the night before we had even talked about like, well, if we get a bear down, how are we going to do this? And there was kind of two different schools of thought and in either works depending on the situation, but it sounds like Heath and the guys that live there, typically they're not this deep in when they get a bear. And so they're able to get the bear out whole. They've had several that have been run right up to the truck. The, these guys have had some situations where the bear like makes it super easy where they're, they're just happen to be right by the truck or by a road mm-hmm. and the dogs run it back to them, which is not uncommon. So, Kind of whitetail-esque almost, it sounds yeah. like. You know, you might have a couple hundred yard drag. That's what um, I was anticipating, yeah. which is why I left my big pack in the freaking truck <laughs> yeah. with my knife, like with everything. I was so dumb. Like in hindsight, I'm like, I just had a totally different concept that mm-hmm. we were going to be coming back to a vehicle. I'd have access to things I need if I need to butcher an animal and was not ready for not coming, not seeing a car for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And they, so you know, we got to get the dogs out of here. And so they are like, okay, this is you, you all got the bear, work with the bear. When you're done with that, start dragging it that way. We're going to go back to the truck. We're going to put the dogs up. Even Um, the decision of which way to drag for the guy, Heath, who, who knows everything about this area. It was like, because you're kind of in the middle. It's well, well, we can see that that way down the Creek is, is awful. And I mean, like stepping in holes. My shins are still beat up from oh, all yeah. the holes I fell in trying that for a bit. But otherwise, it was straight up a mountain. And I, I mean, these are people like the the Westies like to be like, "Oh, Appalachian Mountains are nothing." But dude, no. we're talking about. I mean, the, these are like fifteen hundred feet of climb at points, like straight up. And this was not straight, straight up that Derek and I were looking at. But I mean, you don't want to carry a two hundred pound dead body up it. Yeah, <laughs> through yeah. through Laurel. Well, that, and it's probably steep enough that if you lost your footing, you could really hurt yourself. We, there were multiple times we did, like, yeah. and the bear. It was so steep, the bear would start sliding, and Derek and I are like falling on it, trying to keep it from <laughs> oh, going gosh. down the mountain. Dude. Yeah, yeah. And and there was even kind of a last second change of plan there too, because Heath and Taylor were like, "We're going to get the dogs back to the truck, and then we're going to come back in here and meet you." Um, drag the bear this direction, and then they're radioing with the other guys that are out there. And that's when they kind of come into the knowledge that there's actually another trail that's not marked that's on the side of the creek that we're on that as the crow fly, if you draw a straight line, is closer to the trail that we were originally going to try to go to. There was a very doable uh, estimate of 700 yards. And at at the time, he and I are just still not aware of what we're going to have to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we do. We we got this. And we also thought, and they, they were, they were like, hey, those guys are on that trail. (laughs) <laughs> like they're out there they're coming to you and like so just start dragging it that way you'll meet up with them eventually and they'll come in they'll help you and they'll drag you the rest of the way and we'll get to the trail and then when we get to the trail at this point someone's bringing in a sled we're going to get this bear on the sled we're going to get it out of here it's going to be quick it's going to be easy we're going to be back at the cabin by you know one <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon is the way we're thinking in our heads and we're like okay we, did, we didn't know by on the trail they're miles away miles and, and extreme on the way that they were coming in, extreme climb up. Th- that elevation was. <clears throat> we went down it on the way out. Um, it was. I mean, it was intense. Yeah. Like v- insanely steep. So <laughs> they're dealing with all that and the logistics of even getting a sled. Because at one again, the Appalachian. Chris and I talked. We talked about this a little bit the night before. Yeah. The Appalachian guys typically will bring out the whole bear because the the weight is a big thing. It's kind of like the antlers for a deer. And Derek and I are even having this conversation, but like, but we don't care. Like yeah. we, we don't, that's like, we, logistically, that's just how they do it. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's not necessarily the way we thought we wanted to do it in this scenario though. It's the way I hunted deer here my whole life until right. I experienced well, Western hunting. I still do deer yeah. that way. Cause I usually can drive up and it's yeah. like, that's fine. And we should say as far as the way in the the regulation is what over a hundred pounds. It's got to be over a yeah. hundred pounds. And yeah. you think that this was probably one hundred seventy five to this one seventy five to two hundred pounds. He, that was Heath yeah. who yeah. can weigh a like just eyeballing yeah. all the time. Okay, one seventy five two hundred. Figures um, about a three ish year old male was probably our guess. Yeah, I mean we know it was a male, but age wise younger, uh, younger but still uh, yeah, a, a very but, nice bear. But yeah, a great. I mean I'm super pumped. I'm yeah. just saying he wasn't a. 
you know, and there wasn't what, any question of oh, do we need to keep? Do we need to make an fit? You're well over the regulation. To oh, for oh, sure. dude, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's twice the regulation. Derek and I just agree. We're like, all right, we're gonna go this way for a while. Yeah, and we honestly made it thirty yards before we sat there for thirty minutes. Well, and at this point, we kind of had this like realization too, because now Heath and Taylor are gone with the dogs. It's just me and Brad. <laughs> we're down there by ourselves. All I have is Heath's cell phone number. We don't have radios to communicate with the rest of the guys. We don't none have, of them use Onyx. Yeah, They're none all... of these guys are using Onyx, which is funny too, because like I talk to one person and they'd be like, "He's got Onyx," and then I talk to another person and be like, "No, I don't got Onyx." <laughs> it's like it's they like, all do use you know their garments. What you, yeah, they so, use their garments. So like, no matter what system I'm using, it doesn't matter because we had to try to send coordinates, and then the coordinates weren't syncing up. I don't know what was up with that, but like our coordinates weren't working with their system. Mm-hmm. So there was a good period of time where the guys that weren't with us when we killed this bear don't know where we are. Yeah. And they're even just trying to figure that out. And then Chris Powell, who wasn't with us originally, <laughs> is trying to come in and he thought he was coming in from one direction. He's coming in from an entirely different spot. Yep. And so literally we drug for what in our heads we thought was like 80 to 100 yards. So it wh- threw some nasty stuff already at this point. Like, so we're what's already. Your, what's your method for dragging? Are you both grabbing a paw? Yep, we're just holding on in the front. So, if you're not careful when you drag, you'll pull the hide off. And I was adamant we were not doing that to my bear, yeah. <laughs> which made it harder. But we, we put him belly down, and Derek and I were very careful the whole time we're dragging to make sure belly stays down, hind feet, because we, we had a debate of like, I think he's going to weigh less in the back because the head and the chest and everything. We'll leave that on the ground. We're going to drag. But the problem was you had this cavity that's hooking on everything now. Yeah. And and so and I mean so that, so you were dragging belly down just to keep the hide from yeah because that belly yeah I felt like it was disrespectful. I, I just I wanted to have that bear as I saw him that day. I wanted I don't want it to get fixed by a taxidermist. I wanted to preserve my bear. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so this was a big deal for me. First bear. And I was adamant, like, we got to take care of the hide. And he, he was on board. This yeah. guy was, like, such a champion. With I told him at the end of it all, I'm like, there are not many people I would have signed up for this because you just manned up and continued to – like, if I wanted to go, Derek was like, all right, let's go. Like, I'm pulling again, you know. But backing up, we sat there for 30 minutes at one point because they told us to wait because there was dogs running through. Yeah, they so ran that's a the whole other part. Heath and Taylor get up a little ways. Well, then their dogs start rigging again. So they're on like, another bear. You can't not – these dogs are going to rig if they smell. And if yeah. they're not leashed <clears> – And they are, you know, outside of taking you guys out, they're just running dogs to run dogs. And these train. guys do they're, it for fun. These guys, yeah. just, that's the fun for them is their yeah. dogs. Training their dogs year-round, the relationship they build with them, working with them and seeing them at work in the woods. Most of these guys – don't even want to kill. They a don't bear. shoot bears. Yeah, throughout right. the whole season. So, they won't so shoot it's a bear. not like they're they're looking to kill another bear. No, that, that wasn't they're even just... what it was. Well, the, 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 that's part of their fun, and that we totally got that. But they they started running another bear, and Derek and I sitting there at one point, and I've already I'm unloaded. If you didn't hear the story where I shot a yeah. <laughs> hundred times, uh, but Derek's guns in his pack, and we hear woo, 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 like, running above us. We got dogs like I, close to us. I'm we like, look at each other, and it's like I, I go, dude, I'm not even loaded right now. And so we kind of scramble for a second, and then that passes. And then another regrouping to try to move the story along a little bit. We start packing up the hill and dragging and dragging. And we get three hours in. Yeah. We've – somebody finally asks us how far we've gone. He pulls it up on Onyx. It was like 100 yards. (laughs) Yeah. And, like – I I just want to say, despite what TikTok says – I have no quit. Like I'm not gonna wimp out on something. We were busting on. You literally butts. almost killed yourself in a marathon. Yeah, like I, I have like a stupid gene actually that like I kind of will physically Im- injure myself before I'm gonna just stop. And he can tell you too. I also don't have the attention span to wait. They told us to wait, and they come help us. I'm like, I can't do it. I wouldn't like, be down with that. Yeah. I, I, so like, and I kind of was like also wanting to like as much as we can do now on our own. It's yeah. less we're gonna have Close to do the later. Gap. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well. <clears throat> It it got to twelve thirty, dude, and and we're like we're never well, and and I went up ahead of us and looked. I said, dude, we're not we're not getting out of this. There, the it only got thicker. They told us they said we think it's uh, better up top if you'll just go straight up. It's going to be thinner. It thinned out a little bit temporarily, but then it got so thick that it, I just realized it was going to be impossible. Derek and I. The problem was we had these packs, we had guns, 
We couldn't stand up. I mean, I got a picture of me and him, and those branches are sitting on our heads. That's what we're dealing with. So we didn't have the leverage of our body weight to pull this thing because we couldn't stand up. Just we, the word dragging does no justice for what we were doing. It doesn't. I mean, just the, the brush and the when thick it, that we like, were going through. It monsooned the day before, and we're just sliding in this stuff, man. Like, the bear is sliding. Dead we're sliding. It's mud. dead leaves, mud, ice. ice. And so finally, we agree that – Really, we don't care what anybody says. We're leaving the bear. <laughs> like, and some, we, some contact also, what's another part that's developed in all of this is since uh, Heath and Taylor are, you know, rigging on another bear and they're trying to get out and stuff like that, They Heath gave my number to Wesley, who's mm-hmm. the guy I wanted to apologize at being honest. <laughs> um, and he's one of the guys that's coming in on the other trail. And, like, with us not knowing the area and where they are and exactly what's going on. Or even on, where the trail is. Yeah, it's like, not on, marked. Yeah, it's not marked on Onyx. It's not marked on any map. They're like, just go that way. You'll hit it eventually. Um, and then, peace, we're out. They're gone. And, and so now, at this point, I'm communicating with Wesley. So Wesley's calling me and texting me and stuff like that. I'm like, we're here. Again, no Onyx. So we're, like, taking screenshots of Google Maps and stuff like that. Brad was mentioning the coordinates. Like, I would copy-paste coordinates. Wesley would be like, it's not working for me. He'd send me coordinates. I'd try to put it in Onyx. It wouldn't work. It was just this big kerfluffle. Um, well, what we didn't know is they were l- working on other logistics, too, of trying to get to the closest trailhead, trying to figure out how to get a sled. Uh, they're trying to, how to get all these other dogs back that started rigging bears. Yeah. And so it reminded me of, like, behind enemy lines with Owen Wilson. Like, we're out there by ourselves, but there's a lot of stuff going on that we don't know about. Yeah. yeah. And in that movie, didn't didn't he have, like, a rally point? And then they're like, oh, we got to move it. And he's like, yeah. like yeah. 10 miles away. And that's kind of yeah. what happened. That is kind of <laughs> what happened. So we finally start hoofing, and, and we, st- we don't get get 30 yards up this hill and we hear like real throaty yep. and i thought that's got to be a four-wheeler because we had talked about a four-wheeler coming to get us but then i got thinking about it, I'm like there's no trail there because i'd already walked up ahead i kind of turned back at Derek, and his face i could see that he also thinks it's a bear and and i kind of like in this scenario where i don't know why but i kind of look at Derek as like this old man of just <laughs> infinite wisdom and so when i looked at Derek's face and i could see that he was concerned i am now concerned <laughs> Because they just like ran a bear. The flight attendant starts freaking I out. I kid you, know you not. That. Yes, I kid you not. Though when I heard it, I looked down and I am standing in a big old pile of fresh bear. Very fresh. Like, very fresh bear. And they would just been running dogs on a bear. Literally, where right we were. Where we were. We're in bear country, dragging a dead bear. Yeah. Well, at this point, we're we left the dead. We're bear. like three hundred <laughs> yards up from the dead bear, but but yeah, yeah. So that happens, and I'm like, I'm again still not loaded. I don't think. I think I loaded and then unloaded because at one point when we're dragging up the hill, uh, I was kind of flagging Derek a couple times trying to with this gun bobbing all over the place. He's like, "Dude!" Yeah, and then, <laughs> I, and then I got rocked in the head by your gun. Uh, yeah, too. I, hit, I hit him in the face with it. It was unloaded at that. Yeah, point. it was. But uh, but the so that happened, and then we push on through. We finally get out to fast forward. We meet Wesley, and this guy I think thought we were like the biggest rookies of all time. We're soaked. I mean, we could not – you could have dumped water buckets on us, and it wouldn't Did have Did you guys it. have hydration with you? I had a yeah. water bottle. I had, uh, I, had a, I, was, I was dying too much to even think about drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was rationing because I was – at one point at 12, uh, at 1230, I remember telling Derek, I said, I am getting concerned about getting out of here before dark. And he's like, dude, we got time. I said, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. And we and honestly, we barely – Almost. 30 mm-hmm. minutes left of, of actual Jeez. visible light left. It was when we got out of there. Uh, but we come up to West, and he's looking us up and down. We're dripping. I mean, my coat's soaked, and he's – I could tell – Covered in mud. Too. Yeah, covered in mud, yeah. blood, just, you know, rolled up in uh, misery is, is the way we, we, like, come lumping in. He goes back. We get to the top of the hill. He looks down in that stuff, and he goes, I see why you guys are wet now. He hadn't even said anything. I could tell – like, he just was admitting that he thought we were kind of weirdos uh, for being soaked. But then we finally all start regrouping, and then Wes, he lights a cigarette, and he goes – that bear ain't coming out of there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I've already kind of made a decision, and me me and Brad were on the same page. And, and so the, a lot of the, like, minor details of the story are getting lost just because of time and all that. But at this point now, not only are we with Wes, but we also have Chris and Ariel with us. Some other people are there. We got some dogs. We're starting to get a team together. There's starting to be a plan now. And we're kind of already on the same page. I was like, we're not dragging this bear out of here the way we're doing it anymore. Like, we got to quarter this thing out. That that's the only way this bear's coming out of here. So yeah, we get down to it and Chris Powell comes in who experienced with quartering. Um <clears throat> and Derek's done it. Uh once they start I, I was 
I had seen videos of caping, but those guys did it because I knew they'd do better. And then once we get into butchering, that's my I'm I can do that all day long. So did they just cape it, or did they skin the whole hide? Well, we we took the whole hide off the bear, and, okay. the, and we kept. Is that still the, called the caping? I don't even know. I don't technically not. I, don't no, think, I think caping's so. just top yeah, right. Yeah, I said caping, yeah, but really so it's the whole hide. Yeah, I mean, real quick. I mean, you just cut up, and then you kind of peel or go up each up leg and arm and all that. And then you keep the head in the hide, and you also keep the pads and the paw and everything in the hide. But there's some for some for somebody that's never done it. There's some nuance there, that's and I think the, the Derek's only physically done it once. Yeah. Uh, so Chris has been around this a lot more. Big help to get in there. But now, just to, just there's three hours has passed before we get back to this point to back to the bear, and we had to drop a pin on it to find it. And uh, my I, phone dies. And they're the only one with the Onyx pin on where the bear <laughs> that was, is. Yeah. So yeah, that's where the that. phone charger came yeah, that in. Was, that Everything's that. soaking wet. My phone's screaming at me. And it's like, oh, detecting moisture or whatever. I'm like, I need you to work. But this bear's 250 feet or 250 yards down. Or was it th- right around there? Yeah. Insane incline most of the way. Thick as all get out. Um, and so we start bringing the thing out. And once it got to a point where the hide was off, I was butchering. I'm going fast as I can. Actually, I got that on my hand because I was like at the end of it, I like right along my whole hand. Um, but packed out, got some assistance on uh, with a vehicle close by to get it out of there. Uh, there was a, there was an access road that we were able to get through private property to get the bear out, which saved the and freaking that's day. Part of Heath's knowledge and yes. just growing up in that area that the, he knows all the, the landowner that backs up to this spot that we're at. Quick call to whoever it was, and he's like, "Yeah, come on on my property and go get that that." And then so a guy named nicknamed Hot Rod who was a hoot and came in and like he packed out. These guys are such team players. I'm actually gonna write my next blog about mm-hmm. or one of my next ones about like they, I mean. They operate so selflessly. Like they do, there was no one there who was like, no, today was my day to get a bear. Nobody Uh, left. Yeah, and, right, and Taylor right. kind of made the comment when when we separated from him <laughs> that you talked about. He's yeah, like, yeah. you know, we're, we're not going to leave you. We're going to yeah. be back. We're the gonna only help. reason Taylor left me is because his dogs rigged a bear, and he ended up having to go get them. But he it, never left. He and didn't that's leave. What I'm getting at. He at the at end of the night, when we everybody. all got together, everybody that started the yeah. day was still there. They were there handing us bush lattes, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, and we had several before we left the parking lot. Uh, but at, even at that point, Chris was starting to get worried. He's like, we have an hour and a half light of daylight left, and it took me more than that to get up here on this trail. Now we were going to go down, but then we start going in and it's still torrential. I mean, or like mm-hmm. uh, or not torrential, but uh, still Just all the ice melting, ice melting, treacherous, but treacherous. Thank yeah. you. Uh, it was treacherous, man. I mean like you, you multiple Creek crossings and it, with a mile to go or, or three quarters of a mile, maybe a mile. I, we go through a deep Creek and those boots, man, I, I had to stop and dump them. Uh, cause I was packing so much. And that's when it finally clicked with me too, of like that whole time when I was getting kind of like, where is everybody? And I'm like, okay, I understand now they were coming in on what we're coming out miles. on miles. They, they, it was a 45 minute drive, I think to get back around to where they met us. So like, you know, I think, I think Derek and I just got, uh, we got the full taste of all the logistics that are involved in this stuff. We walked 11 miles. Anybody that says dog hunting is easy has never done it because yeah. even the next day, when we stayed in the truck more, the the coordination of of what was involved, and even when they got a bear down, mm-hmm. you're still in all this terrain. Um, and I told Derek, I said, I, I love whitetail hunting, and I I don't take a, say this to take away from it, but whitetail hunting is easier, like oh, yeah. the way we do it, the way we do it here. Now I know people like Bo get out and hike a lot, and some people still Western style cut it out. But like there's there's an element to that that's similar, but like for what these guys do every day. There, there is a physical fitness level to this. There's a, a coordination level that whitetail hunting, I can go out and relax. I can chill. I'm watching nature. Oh, I've seen five or six different types of woodpeckers today. This ain't that. It ain't that. It ain't that at all. I mean, it's like absolute even, controlled chaos, I guess. Yeah. In day two, like you said, even we did a lot more hunting from the trucks and the roads and using the vehicles and stuff like that. We still did six, seven miles yeah. day two on yeah. foot. And and watching that, I, I, the only thing I've thought to liken it to was storm chasing yeah you know, we talked if you've about seen, that if you've seen Twister. Twister that's what these guys do they're all on the radio they're trying to get ahead of the bear uh, where they think it's going to run to they're trying to keep the bear from running to a certain part and the anybody I, I posted on LinkedIn about it just because I like to rile people up every now and then uh, actually everybody's pretty cool about it but I had some people like this isn't hunting I'd rather hunt over a, a baited uh, hunt for than this and I'm like, dude, you just don't get it. Like this guy said he had never done it before. And I'm like, I didn't think bad of it. Yeah. But I, I definitely 
did not understand it. Yeah. Like I respected those guys just like I do the squirrel hunter even, right? Like I don't care what how big the game is, but the the pursuit of like what they're doing takes year-round commitment, takes thousands upon thousands of dollars. It takes hundreds of hours that throughout the year to train these dogs. I can go hunt a deer next November and have not been out all season and kill a big buck. Like he can just luck out that way. These guys could not luck into any of this. Yeah. That's just yeah. the fact of it all. <clears throat> it was intense. It, I, I gained a whole new appreciation for houndsmen, hound hunting. I, like you said, I was never against it. I supported it. I support any kind of legal hunting, but I will defend these guys to the bone now after yeah, experience. Like you gotta go do it. Yeah. I, it, it like really now, now it's kind of added in. I'm like, I want to go try something else crazy like falconry. I want to go see how, like there's other <laughs> things that I think are cool and I think they take a lot of work, but I don't understand now. And I'm like, yeah, man, I want to go. I'm, what else have I not experienced? It kind of well, set off a new little fire for me. Well, have you scratched your your bear itch, or are you like in in some ways? Um, and I, I told Derek, uh, you know, a lot of these guys just grow to have such respect for the bear. Um, I don't, I don't want to say that you have disrespect if you shoot. I don't know how to word this really, but they they come to uh, have a relationship with the bear where they don't want to take one, yeah. you know, and they just, that's what they enjoy. And I think you um, were saying that they really look for much older bears. Yeah. They're trying to take these the, guys are very selective about what bears they take. Uh, and I really appreciated that. They're, they're taking a very small percentage of the bears that they'll actually tree. Um, and, and they have their own self-imposed rules that they're trying to maintain, which are actually pretty strenuous considering like the, I mean, hundred pounds is the law. They're trying not to take one that's less than two. You know, they're trying to – and they try to get older boars because the older boars are going to kill the cubs to keep a sow in heat. Mm-hmm. And that actually helps the population if they can well. take those out. So they're very thoughtful about it. Um, but they get to a point where I think they just uh, – they really enjoy the bear itself. And they, they don't – they just – it's it's funny because you talk to these guys and you think they would have like a, a record bear every year. And they're like, nah, man, I don't, uh, I don't even shoot them. Like I just like doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's very different. You know, it's, it's, it's very, it's kind of funny because a lot of people, um, give that retort to hunters like, well, if you really cared about it, you would just photograph that deer. They'll say stuff like that. And I'm like, well, these guys actually, you're kind it's of, kinda, <clears throat> they video it, they film it. It's kind of like catch and release hunting. I know it's yeah, kind of a joke. That's people make. It's, it's like a joke people make when like comparing hunting and fishing. It's like, well, in hunting, you know, there's no, catch and release well like with hound hunting there there is yeah yeah Yeah, it is um so to your question though i did scratch my itch in one way i actually have found out just off first meal last night that i made uh oh you did oh yeah i made tacos last night dude the wife really liked them yeah um i think she might i don't know i won't say more than venison but she was like vocal about how much she liked it my kids liked it yeah uh it ate very well and now I'm like, okay, I even said last night, I was like, well, maybe daddy needs to get a bear every year. Yeah. Uh, and it was not shut down. Uh, <laughs> so um, I will say I got lucky on getting to go with these guys. Um, these are the best in the world. Yeah, we were hunting with the best houndsmen in the country. Yeah. For sure. Which probably makes them the best in the world, I would imagine. Uh, yeah. So, I, yeah. I mean, they, they, especially on home turf, like that's where Heath also has a lot of advantage. Um, but the, the I still want to go do Western style like like Derek got to do. Um, that's up there for me. Um, but I I have a new respect, not just for bear hunters, but just these houndsmen. I mean, it was it was unreal. I'm actually gonna do a podcast with Heath this week and talk about perspective shift. You know, it's again not a not a not that I didn't have respect before. I think I just didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. So. Anytime I have a big adventure like that, I always come back. I mean, you guys know me. I have a reputation for being a gear guy. What if you had to say one thing? If you if they're like, okay, next year we're doing the same hunt, I need one new piece of gear. What would it be? I'm not bringing a big pack like I did, and I'm having I'm going to take in a nice handgun, like a handgun that will take down. So a you bear. think you'd get like a forty-four, something like that, a bigger chest rig? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. With like a bear spray, and uh, I'm not worried about the bear spray. <laughs> well, I mean, just I like one that. of those ones with like all the pockets, not just like a. Honestly, piece, man, but. in in the scenario, when one of these bears gets you, you're beyond spray help. Like yeah. truly, if you've if you've effed up that bad, it's too late. Well, not only <laughs> so, well, the bear spray. I'm just saying, just like, make it more angry. Yeah, I don't. Well, that, I don't even. Just in in the close environment, by the time you were probably realizing it's 
a situation where you want it, it's too late. These things are fast too. Let's not forget mm-hmm. that. It's and not, for the most part, they run away from you. Not yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're not looking to. Not typically, conf- someone's going to tear me apart on the it, internet it, for this. But typically, they're not confrontational. Yeah, I was just talking about a rig like that has all the accessory pockets around. Essentially, it. I just don't want to pack on my back next yeah. time I do it, and yeah. then. I already have this set of gear, but a change that I would have made is I wore my kind of like later season, heavier insulated boots that are still good for hiking, but not ideal for it. Um, I would have wore, even though we were like in the twenties and thirties and wet, I would have wore my earlier season Solomon boots that are a lot better for hiking. I mean, you move around enough to where you're staying warm. You do sit still for a little bit and you'll start to cool down a little. And that's just, you have to find that tolerance, right? Like nothing's going to be perfect all the time. I think mine, I would, if I was going to do this all the time, I'd have a, several upgrades. Uh, the, if I had to pick one thing, it would be more wool. I had wool on. Um, it definitely helped a little bit more than it does normally. And like a lot of times I can't really tell the difference, but in this environment of getting so wet, um, I think it would have helped a lot to stay warm and also be cooler. Chris had an awesome uh, coat by a yeah. smaller brand um, that's just like a mom and pop, uh, and you know, it's I'm been actually, around for forever too. <coughs> yeah, shout them out. Small, I bread? can't remember. It's I need King to, of the Mountain, I believe. Oh, that's a different one than that's Which that one Cody had about? on the second day was a different. Yeah, um, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't remember the name. <coughs> of that. But it was just solid. Well, blended like wool, not like it was a gray, but it was like a uh, like a tribal and t-shirt look to it, right? It had like the the blended colors in it. I think that would have made the most difference in my comfort level because the coat I had on was synthetic, but it, it was durable i wore it because it could beat through that laurel i was anticipating that i was not anticipating the moisture with the ice uh, that would have made the biggest difference in my comfort level second thing would have been better boots although at a certain height and water crossing it doesn't really matter boot gaiters are on yeah, my radar gators. i don't have boot gaiters i've gotten used to hunting with rubber boots and in that scenario you just couldn't do that and boot gaiters would have been, made a big difference and then pack wise i honestly think i have what i would have needed to get like i would want to run that a couple more times with different packs i have and see what i'm what i like um i'm not like anti-pack guy i think that could work for me mm-hmm. i think like you said i think i'd want to get skilled with a pistol uh and comfortable in that range that that would make the biggest difference is just not carrying a gun yeah. like or a big gun mm-hmm. it sounds like you both need to learn how to use your fancy garmin watches yeah, I know how to use my fancy Garmin that, watch. It, my watch that, was linked up to all their dog collars. I didn't even try to; it just did it automatically. Really? So, so <laughs> while the cool. whole situation was going on, when the when the <laughs> bear like, oh, was Spook treed, <laughs> like my watch is just like, just freaking out, and it's like Kate is treed, Spook, Spook, Spook is treed, and like all these uh, dog names I don't even know. Like, That's yeah. awesome. So, yeah, it, it was. Uh, I was surprised you weren't sending them from you know because from your Garmin from the app you can send the Garmin locations to. The, you can text them as uh, a text message. The, the, thing, the thing about the Garmin, though, uh, you kind of need to know where you need to be, and we didn't. So yeah. that was the problem. Yeah, you can't really drop pins on Garmin, I don't think, the way like with Onyx. Uh, I could We could have at least given them a better idea of maybe where we were <coughs> in that moment, but yeah. I don't know if they could have sent us like a coordinate. You can, and that Explore, not the Connect app, but the Explore app. Which I have for yeah. my inReach. You can drop pins. Yeah. Well... It humbled me. Um, yeah. It was a trip of a lifetime. They invited you guys if you want to come down. I told them, I said, I know Jacob would like it. I you like know. everything about it except for the cold, man. I am yeah. not. I am. Well, uh, they do. They said, they said, no, they said early. Actually, the, you are most of the time uh, when you're moving. I think, we, well, I will say I've talked this whole time about how hard it was just to put the the bow on this. Chris Powell said it was the hardest pack out he's ever seen. Yeah, everybody that yeah. night when we got into the parking lot and yeah. kind of had the moment of celebration, they were like, you guys are never going to want to do this again. I kept making the joke. I was like, give me three beers and six hours of sleep, <laughs> and I'll be ready to go. <laughs> yeah, and, but and truly, were, we woke up the next day and we're like, yeah, let's get after it. Like, but you know? they all said, they're like, it is never that hard. Yeah. And this is the hardest one and we're kind of made us feel good i think about it like ourselves it's like okay yeah if we were able to hang on like the hardest one well i i told i told you guys is like that's the hardest hunt i've done and derek like it's top three so on the way back i said i want to know what the other two are and they're good stories uh they hang but it, it was definitely um 
it was I, i've yeah. i've been more miserable on hunts like a deer hunt that i underdressed on or something like that like we're just sitting there hating your life this wasn't that it was just the physical effort of it yeah. you know mm-hmm. um it was a lot so i huge shout out to chris powell and heath yeah. hyatt uh garrett and taylor all those guys that led us west the whole crew hot rod mm-hmm. all, all these guys that helped us um it was awesome getting to meet them getting i, I really do hope I'd, I'd like to go back whether or not i get to shoot a bear or not it doesn't really matter i told my wife was asking about that uh she was confused why derek would not want meat and like she just you know very transactional minded in this whole thing of like but he was there why would he not want it i said well he has meat um he's taking the fat off my bear he's gonna render it down and uh he said he didn't want any and um I said, really though, that bear is as much mine as it was Derek's because all I did was do what he could have done, do what Dan could have done. The work was the team effort. And I think mm-hmm. that's where these guys are proud. Anybody, honestly, anybody else probably would have hit the bear in two shots or less. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, the, you know, the, the work was really a, like everybody was doing something. And so I, I, it kind of just to, rounded out like that's what i think is the appeal for everybody it's like there's a point of pride you know heath is posting all this stuff on his account and i get it like heath heath is the guy that made that happen mm-hmm. you know um it's as much his bear as mine so uh it's a cool thing man you can't always say that about any any kind of hunt you know there's um duck hunting you know you might put away in the spot and then you get one shooter who's kind of slaying them down and like the contributions are different mm-hmm. but this like once we got there and the work and all the pack out and everything and um very much a group effort. Yeah. So, so Houndsman XP podcast. Yeah, those guys yeah. are awesome. They're on Go Wild Houndsman yep. XP. Do they have individual accounts they do. too? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Heath Hyatt, Heath Hyatt and Chris, Chris Powell. Powell. Um, and, and they then Garrett's on there too. Garrett Bailey, I oh, believe, yeah. is his last mm-hmm. name. And I think Hot Rod's even on Go is Wild. Is he? Now. I haven't found yeah. Hot Rod yet. He's right. not. He doesn't go by Hot Rod. He goes uh, by his his, uh, yeah. his birth name. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Sam. I can't. Yeah, remember. Sam. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if you're intrigued by all this definitely check out houndsman xp i'm going to be on there soon talking about this and what it was like uh, from my perspective and i think that'll be interesting because you could hear chris's take on it and i think we'll talk more about day two we kind of glossed over day two but day two was just as fun it was uh, a lot to be learned there and i think i think we'll end up talking a lot about that as well with chris because because really like in the name of the game of what they do day two was a lot of of what it takes you know the skill and all the coordination but if we're not going to do a two hour podcast here, we should probably wrap. So, <laughs> all right, guys. Well, um, thank you. Uh, thanks for taking a little bit of time to chat about it. And, uh, if you're listening to this, you know, the deal, log the podcast on go wild, hit the plus sign, log time, go to outdoor podcast. You'll find uncensored right there. We've got, uh, Derek tolls, uh, Jacob Knight, Dan hood, and Brad Luttrell. You can tag us and let us know what you thought. And, uh, you know, just give me lots of criticism. That's what, that's what <laughs> it's all about lately. It's just telling Brad, for, call an, Brad a for an elite hunter, you are <laughs> awfully weak. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks y'all.